man don't know shit. I might not know shit, but I know enough. I might not know shit, but I know enough. You might call me dumb, but I have a lot of fun. I might not know shit, but I know enough. Episode 41. I can't wait for this one. I'm gonna sit down with my buddy Kyle, Kyle Jewett of the Filthy Radicals. Man, uh, we've done many shows together over the years. I, I, like, I'd go so far as to say like eight years ago is probably the first time we ever did a show together. Something like that. I'll, I'll ask him what he thinks about that because my memory's a little, you know, a little fucked and shit. But he's got all kinds of stuff going on, so I can't wait to share it with you. And uh, yeah, this is gonna be just absolutely great. He's got a heart of gold. I'm sure you will see that within the first few minutes of this podcast. And uh, yes, don't forget to hit subscribe and there's a PayPal link underneath here. Uh, that's if you wanna support the channel uh, anyway, 50 cents a dollar or more, whatever it is. It's a, you know, to be a producer program and all that kind of thing. Be part of the family. All right, let's do this. Boom. <laughs> How's it going, man? Dude, what is up? Oh, hey, what you got in your hands there? That, this is, uh, this is the girlfriend's, uh, new Gretsch. Oh, sweet. Yeah. We, uh, Man, I like, we, what's the pickup there? That's pretty cool. I like that. Dude, it sounds fucking phenomenal. Like, these guitars are little gems. I absolutely oh, yeah, love it. Like, I got two other acoustics just sitting here just looking all jealous because all I do is play this one now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. My buddy Dave Cooper has a Gretsch acoustic, like, kind of like that there. It's really fun, actually. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my buddy uh, Eric Crowley, he lived in Montreal and he was telling me one of his buddies, I think he was in the band uh, Toxic, he loved the guitar so much that he actually bought a couple of them. So each room has a different uh, little Gretsch. So he, he loves it that much. I, I love it. That's great. My dad kind of does that. Like you're going to wander through the house and then there's always a guitar in like, you know, every room. So when you want to grab one, it's always there, you know? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, man. How are you doing? Good to see your face, brother. It's good to see you too, man. It's been it's been a while. Fuck. I was trying to think about it when I was walking home um, from work today. I was like, when the fuck was the last time I saw him? I was like, it must have been bullvine. That's what I'm thinking. Like be uh, like pre-pandemic or post-pandemic. I think it was no, you got it was after, right? Yeah, yeah, because that's right, because we were the first show back. Yeah, and that was when uh, that was when we had to sit still. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a trip man it's funny it's like one of those things like man you weren't there we had to sit down like you don't even know man <laughs> it's crazy you know like we just went across the, across the country and uh, it, what yeah. really hit me was that it's different in every place every city even and province you know like some places yeah. were they were seated with great attendance and stuff like that. But it was really weird. Like we played in Vancouver and they put so much smoke on the stage that we couldn't even see the crowd at all. And they couldn't see us. I had to tell the guy running the show, I'm like, stop with that smoke, man. It was like way overkill. <laughs> yeah, man. But you know, it, it was crazy because everybody was sitting there and then like, you know, you'd go to, I don't know, Calgary and Edmonton where people are allowed to dance, you know? So it's just every place seems to be in a different you know, phase right now. No kidding. I, uh, I've been following, uh, the Annie Queens and doghouse Rose and their, uh, excursion out that way. And it's, it's very, very funny because like, I was wondering why, like, Oh, they're in here. And then, Oh, now they're in Jasper. I'm like, why is everyone sitting down in Jasper? And then, you know, what you just said, I was like, Oh, it's a different province. That's right. 
Yeah, everybody seems to be really in a different spot. I mean, like we went to Saskatoon, but it was the worst time to play. Out of all the shows, that was the one that was least attended. But they had like eight deaths that day in Saskatoon. And Saskatoon's not a big city to begin with, you know? Whoa, that's a head trip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of weird, man. It's just that, you know, every day you're not sure what the vibe is going to be. But speaking of vibes and days, today's a big day for you guys. <laughs> today, uh, today, is, uh, today is a day. Fuck. Yeah. Mind-blowing. It's been, it's been a busy couple of months, man, leading up to November. I, and we've had to keep uh, on a lot of it. So it's been... It's been very taxing. And there was a lot of, a couple of weeks where a lot of us just didn't sleep. Like it was a lot of go to work, do the day job and go home. And it's like, Hey, where are you? We got to go do this thing. It's like, fuck. Yeah, we do. It's like, let's go do it. All right. And then now it's, uh, it's just nice. Like today was the, I was talking to, uh, the band today in the chat. Today is the first day since everything kind of got released that I've been able to kind of appreciate it. If that makes sense, just like, you know, doing the day job and then doing, um, after doing so much band stuff for so long, seeing it become a thing just so it can be released later and stuff. You're like, Oh, I'm tired. I'm so tired. And like, you can't appreciate it. But today, today was the first day it hit me. I was on my lunch break and I was like, Oh, this is cool. I was like, this is, this is why we're working so hard. This is so dope. And it's like, and everyone's been so cool about it. Like I've been getting messages, like not just from like family and stuff, like people I haven't talked to in years, just like, See, I'm not sure. I'm not sure people know what we're talking about actually though. Cause today oh. I just listened to the first single today, right? Freedom 45 was released. That's right. Good job, man. Yeah. Fucking uh, came out on curse blessings. We had a video to follow it. That was uh that was a lot of fun. Sorry. I should have started with that. Freedom 45 came out. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. But, but like, I mean, it's kind of a month of big news for you guys, right? Because like, okay, I want to know if I got this story straight. Okay. Because okay. I, I don't, I don't want to mislead anybody. There's an EP that came out today called Freedom 45 on Cursed Blessings Records, right? Correct. Okay. Got that part. And then okay. there's another big announcement at the same time, right? That's true. That is uh, very, very accurate. Which is? Filthy Radicals are now part of the Stomp Records family. Yeah, man. Congratulations. I'll drink to that. <laughs> I'll have my non-alky with you. Fuck yeah. Yep. I'm actually just drinking Coca-Cola tonight. Hey, that a boy. Uh, that could change at any moment. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the heads up. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, that's wild because like I, I was thinking like the first time we ever played a show together must have been at least eight or 10 years ago at the rock pile at the rock pile West in uh, Etobicoke, Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. I remember cause uh, I knew I was doing this interview. So I was like thinking back like, fuck man, I remember the first time I met him and like, <laughs> I remember coming up to you drunk as hell. This is just a kid. Fuck. I must've been like, I don't even know, like 20 something. And I was like, Hey man, I really like music. Uh, we do an op Ivy cover. Would you like want to come up and like sing a song, like uh, knowledge with us? And I remember your reaction. You're just like, that's cool that you're playing that man. I'm good though. And I was like, Oh, it's like, that's cool. That's cool. Fair enough. I tried. That sounds like something I would say. 
Yeah. I was like, you know what? That's honest. That's fair. But then I went to Pat and I was like, Hey Pat, I don't know if uh, my name's Kyle, blah, blah, blah. I was like, we play an Operation Ivy cover, same spiel. And he's like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm down. And he's like, I've never really played it, but let's go. I was like, yeah. I love it. I love it. We're talking about Patty Taylor, who used to play in K-Man the 45s, now plays with the Planet Smashers. Yes, he does. Yes, correct. Mr. Tails. Yeah, man. I, uh, we're going to see him real soon because uh, uh, Stomp's doing a bunch of these shows, the uh, anniversary shows in, uh, in Montreal. There's a big show coming up uh, in December where we have the venue for two days with two stages and like just band after band. It's going to be sick, man. You got to come in town for that. Fuck, that's dope. I'm actually, uh, I'm heading to Montreal. That That's absolutely, dude, that's awesome. Like, especially after the years that we've just had, like, that's pretty dope. Oh man, I'm jealous. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. And they just announced in Montreal, people it's standing and, and full like capacity. Like it's going to be a fucking party, bitch. Oh man. Hell yeah, dude. Fuck. Yeah. That's awesome. Congrats, dude. Yes. Yeah, man. Well, you should come on down. You can stay at my place for that weekend. Hell yeah. Um, me and the gal are actually, we're taking a little, uh, little time off, uh, time to ourselves. And we're going to go to Montreal. Um, actually this Saturday, um, the peelers were looking for uh, a pirate to be in their video. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, sure. We'll go. We'll have some fun. Uh, hopefully it's still, we still get to do it, but, uh, we're just going to, you know, hit up the casino and, uh, meet some friends and stuff that, uh, just got married actually. So they're all settled and stuff. So we're like, Oh, we'll go for dinner and stuff like that. So it's gonna be a nice little, uh, stay or a mini vacation, if you will. Hey, absolutely. I mean, like, you know, take what you can get at this point. Right. <laughs> Yeah. I got coworkers that are still convinced that, uh, it's like, it's going to happen again. It was like, well, probably, but not, I think we're going to be okay for a couple of years. Like we're good. Calm down. We're fine. You know? Yeah. So, I, I, like I, I understand everybody's anxiety as well and all, but I'm like, fucking, I want to kick down some doors right now and just see some people, you know? Well, yeah. Well, you're, you're, uh, more secluded now. If I remember yeah, man, I'm living on the side of a mountain right now. <laughs> The water must be so good, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Say, uh, let's get back to the EP. Uh, it's an EP, right? How many songs are on the, on the new release today? On the release today, there's uh, five songs. Right on. I just saw the, the first video. That was wicked. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun for anyone who uh, is listening and wants to see it. It's called freedom 45 out on curse blessing records. Um, we, we're lucky enough to get to smash the shit out of a van. Um, and every, everything was cool. No, we all had money on cops are getting called and nobody, uh, nobody called the cops. Everybody was pretty cool about it. So it was a lot of fun. I don't know if that's good or bad. Right? Somebody smashing a van and nobody called the cops. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm assuming the homeowner, uh, Eric, a buddy of ours, we, I think he, uh, he, he talked to his neighbors be like, Hey, cause he had done something like this previously he had a truck and he had a party he's like i don't want this truck it was an old beater or whatever he's like i'll invite my friends over we'll smash it and we were supposed to do it uh you know in 2019 i think we were supposed to do this video 2020 um but covid happened so we're like yeah we're not doing it we can't do this can't do that um but it was fun fuck it, it was fun and it was it was uh i remember jackson because jackson drummer he's a big guy and mm -hmm. i was like can't wait to see him like swing a hammer. So stoked. And, uh, the first time he hits it, the glass doesn't break. And I burst out laughing. I was like, ah, 
<laughs> That's awesome, man. So, like, are you guys going to tour out all to support the release that just came out? Or are you going to wait because something else is coming out? We, uh, so due to COVID, um, the timing of everything kind of got delayed on um, like everything, like uh, shipping and stuff like that, because it's coming from uh, the record itself is coming from Pirate Press um, from the States. You're um, talking so about vinyl here, right? Yes, yes, correct. It's going to be uh, seven inch. Um, yeah, so that kind of delayed a lot of things. And then we had a schedule um, in timeline with everything else. Um, luckily, everybody in all parties was really cool about it. Like, you know, everybody just wanted to get released. Um, you know, it was COVID. It's like, what are you going to do? It fucked everything up. So everybody's pretty like, okay, yeah, it's not what we all planned, but let's get, make sure it happens. So that was really cool. Shout out to everybody at Stomp and shout out to everybody at Curse Blessings for being so cool about everything. Um, but yeah, so we we have a couple shows. Um, we're going to do December 20... No, sorry. December 3rd in Oshawa. We're doing a, a Curse Blessings night. with. Is that uh, at no the Atria? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And you got to say hi to Dino for me. I absolutely will. I 100% will. Big I hug, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love I love how many people know everybody. You know what I mean? Like the punk scene and the music scene is so small if you really get to it. I love it. Uh, it's amazing. But I mean, like, you know, if if you look at the bands that regularly play, you know, whether it's Quebec, Ontario, or across Canada, you realize that like you're in this circle of like, you know, all the club owners, the promoters, and you're in the band and your friends are in it too. And the people doing the sound and it's, it's just one family. Everybody's working together. You know, that's why it's so important. Like, you know, uh, to not burn bridges too, because everybody knows each other too. Right. Correct. Correct. It's kind of like, uh, that old high school thing where it's just like, uh, you know, people talk where it's like, if you, if you're, if you're a shithead, it's like guaranteed someone's going to tell someone else you're a shithead kind of thing, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. You released the five song EP. Okay. Freedom 45, but now you're about to release something on stomp as well. Is that right? That, that is correct. We are releasing another EP. Um, uh, I think it's uh, the end of November it's coming out and we, uh, we have a video for uh, the song that just got released, the single off that called Scavenger. Uh, we have a video coming up for that one. Um, yeah, two EPs, one month. It's crazy. <laughs> That's wild. Why, why an EP? Actually, it's interesting. In your discography, you have like three or four full-length albums, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then a couple of EPs as well. Like at least three or four, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got a... Oh, man. It's uh, quite the handsome mixed collection. It's almost evened out, really. Um, the EPs, um, so the tale goes, um, we we really, really always wanted to be with Stomp, always. Like, even when we were, like, 15, when we started the band. So that was the goal. And, uh, you know, we we finally presented uh, these songs, the EP um, that's coming out on Stomp to them, and this is right before COVID. You know, and everybody was really cool. Like, Matt Collier from uh, Smashers, he he was always like really cool to talk to. He got us on Pooza and he was always a genuine guy. So we sent him these songs. And he's like, I love it. It was like, you know what? Like let's change this. Let's like do this, that. And uh, you know, let's make some music together. And I just remember him giving me a hug and I was like, this is so cool. I was like, this is, this is an honest working label. I want to work with these guys. This was cool. But then boom, COVID happened. 
So, you know, good on you to everybody that released a record during COVID. I have so much fucking respect for you because that is a very bold move. Very, very bold. Um, so we held on to it for a little bit. Stomp was cool with it too. So I was like, okay, no problem. The world's hopefully going to get back to normal eventually. But in the process of this, um, Al Nolan and Doug Smart of Curse Blessings uh, came to us. And they were really, really cool. They're genuine. They're like, hey, we, uh, we know what's going on with Stomp. Congratulations. That's really fucking cool. It's like, we just started a record label. Um, could you find out, would, sorry, would you guys be interested in maybe doing a seven inch with us before you guys go off and do the stomp thing? You know, we talked amongst ourselves and we're like, fuck yeah, why not? Why not? We, uh, obviously we asked stomp. We're like, Hey, is it cool if this goes down? And they're like, you know what? Yeah. It's like, it's COVID like go for it, please. And, uh, yeah. And then every, again, COVID again, shipping and delays and stuff. It all ended up being in the same month. Um, that's why what a lot of people probably don't realize that there's a huge problem right now with pressing vinyl. And that's right. why there's these huge delays. I was just at the label the other day and we were talking about that. And uh, yeah, like we're, we're talking huge delays, like sometimes eight, nine months delays. Hi dude. Um, especially I think, uh, I think I heard through the grapevine that like sometimes uh, just back orders get pushed down. Like even Neil Young was talking about, it. I watched uh, an interview with him and he, he was right. He was pissed. And like, it was funny because the person who's talking to him was like, vinyl, like, like records. Like he was confused. <laughs> Neil Young was just like, yeah, my, my records are late. This is bullshit kind of thing, you know? Absolutely. But I mean, it's so great. I like, you know, I think that people that are in the know and really hanging out in the, uh, music scene have seen like vinyls come back so strong, you know, but I, I think for the general listener that listens to, you know, show FM driving their cars and they might not be aware of that actually. Correct. Uh, I, I think that too. Like, um, even I, even with digital stuff, like I'm, uh, I'm blown away personally by how many people don't have Spotify. Like I just being a musician and a person who listens to music every day, whether it be at home on the record player or on my computer, uh, YouTube. And then I, I work, you know, like if we don't have a radio or something, we're moving buckets. So I was just like, okay, don't worry about it. I'll throw my Spotify on you know? And then I still talk to people and they're like, Oh, uh, where can I find your music? I'm like, Oh, I've got Spotify. They're like, it's like, really? It's like, damn. Okay. You know, you, you well, see, there really is levels to this stuff. You know what I mean? There really is levels to it. I mean, you know, not, not Joe average person. That's not really looking for music and into that, you know, is still listening to CDs and radio, you, you yeah. know, and then more power to it. It's all good. But I mean, I, I do feel like we're kind of catering to two layers at once. You know what I mean? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. In your house where you are right now, do you have a CD player? No, I don't, but I got this, this Crazy. right here behind me. Uh, what was I listening to here on the vinyl? Oh yeah. John Lee Hooker was playing today. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And then I got, I got this projector thing and it's hooked up to the KRK speakers over. Where are they in the, yeah, right there. Right. So that's like my movie theater and it has one of these Alexa things on it. So I'm just like, Alexa play howling wolf. And right away, boom, it's up. You know, I love it, man. Everything's changed. <laughs> Dude, you're living the dream. That's pretty dope. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. <laughs> that's that's baller, man. That's the that's like I'm the best hooker you know. <laughs> Goes 
K-Man, then TJ Hooker. Got it. <laughs> That's it, exactly. Hey, uh, speaking of videos, because um, I was looking through a couple of the things today uh, on YouTube, right? And like after I watched the, the new ones, but there was another video that really uh, jumped out at me, the animated one. And it's for, um, uh, is it Sh uh, Shitty Little Angel, right? Shitty Little okay. Angel. Right. Was it Katie that did the animation for that? Okay, so <laughs> it's crazy. It's uh, Insta Garbage is what he is on uh, Instagram. And it, it appeared out of nowhere. We, we didn't ask. I don't think we asked for it to happen. This is, again, back in the drinking days, so a lot of it's hazy. But I just remember this guy being really cool, or this person, sorry, and it's just this video erupted. I'm like, who, 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 when the fuck did this happen? Like, dope. Like, okay, sweet. Um, maybe I asked him, like maybe one of the other band members asked him, but like, yeah, that was sweet. Like, and we loved it. Like we, uh, I think the band itself has a lot of plays on that. Cause we're like, let's watch it again. That was fucking dope. Go. <laughs> well, they always say like, you know, the first person to like what you do has to be yourself. Right. True. That's some therapy. That's some deep <laughs> stuff right there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's true. Like, I think it's David Bowie that would always listen. Like his main listening was his own music. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Okay, man, don't know shit. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but I did hear this. <laughs> All right. But it makes, if, if you go with the theory that you make something that you want to listen to in a weird kind of way, it does make sense though. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I think other, I think I, I'm going to say real musicians, not myself. I'm just going to be real because you always hear that in interviews all the time where it's like, I always wanted to write a song that I'd want to listen to. How many times have you heard that in an interview? And I have thought to myself, I don't think I've ever done that. It's like, maybe I should actually sit down and try. It was like, this shit just kind of, whatever I write is like, all right, that's how it comes out. <laughs> yeah. The most I think about it is I, I want to get to the end of the song before fucking it up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Or you see Frankie just like looking over, be like, "Oh, he did it again." Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, once in a while, you got to freestyle a bit too. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But that, that's cool. But the reason I, I thought maybe it was Katie, because it really reminded me of a video that we just uh, did for Hero with the Death Ray and the Anti-Queens did as well, right? Uh, Katie, uh, and she's from Toronto. So I just imagined it was her because it actually reminded me a lot about it, the video that you did there, the uh, shitty little angel. You're kidding. Um, I, oh, fuck, man. No, because she, uh, she did the run video for Anti-Queens, right? It was that, yeah. the same person? Okay. No, no, this is... Um, uh, just a fan on Instagram. Um, he, do, he does a lot too. Like he, he's really, really good. And like, I remember talking to him cause I approached him with an idea later on, of course. And he told me how long it takes him to do like this and that. And I was like, dude, like I'm blown away. Like you're, you're really, really good at what you do. Like he did one for the bomb pops too. Uh, he did one for creep show. I think. Cool. I should reach out to that guy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Insta garbage on um, on Instagram. If anybody's listening and they want some animation done, hit them up. Right, but it's funny as I was going through like some of your music, kind of a refresh. I mean, I know what you guys sound with sound with, especially live because you know we have we've done it many times. <laughs> what was that? Sorry, uh, I was going to say how many times we played together. It's like, oh, I know this one. Yeah, I, I know this one. <laughs> 
in a bar. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it's funny at one point uh, with your voice, it really reminded me of uh, Chris Cresswell uh, from the uh, Flatliners. There's one song in particular. It's like really taken back. Like I was like, wow, you really, really nailed it. And it sounded very similar, but then I heard more recent songs and you've really developed into your own vocal uh, style as well, you know, but uh, all that say, what kind of like, when you think about singing or you're writing a song, are there influences that come to mind or anything like that? Like uh, vo vocally? Uh, vocally, um, the screams, uh, the screaming and stuff I learned from, uh, it's going to sound weird mix up, but it was uh, murder dolls on Wednesday, 13, um, leftover crack and choking victim, obviously uh, for singing, singing a proper singer, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It was uh, a lot of Billy Joe from Green Day, um, a lot of Offspring, Dexter, and uh, Eric Peterson from Mr. Brew. A lot of that, and sometimes it like I catch myself like it's, it'll be three different tones of singing like in the same song because like my brain will be like, no, you're not supposed to sing like that. It's like, oh, that's right, but I'm just, like it's still recording, so it goes like this all the time. That's such an interesting concept, right? Because like uh, there's so many singers like. I find you, you kind of start by maybe sounding like someone or whatever, but that whole journey to finding your own voice. Yeah. And some people never get it. Some people are often, and I don't mean they're copying somebody, but are often saying, okay, I'm going to sing harsh here. I'm going to scream here. I'm going to sing low here. I'm going to sing high. And it's a bit of everything. Whereas other singers have one voice. Yes. You know what I mean? And I, I like, there's like th those two roots of singing. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. That's uh, that's the nail on the head, buddy. That's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, like yeah, what, I, love, I love thinking that stuff. Like, what record when you were a kid or you were first becoming a musician? You knew you wanted to be a songwriter, or you're picking up an acoustic when you're a kid. Who did you did you listen to your own voice, or did you try to emulate something until you found your own? I didn't really sing as much when I started. I did more speaking poetry over dub music. That's really how I started. Oh, all right. That's cool. All right. Yeah. But as far I, I can tell you, though, some uh, singing influences as a kid. I remember on Christmas Day, I got Bob Dylan's first album. Nice. And there's one thing about that album that is different from any other album in the world that I know of anyway. There's probably tons of them, really. But it's recorded with two microphones. Okay, one's on the guitar and one's on his voice, which is also capturing the harmonica. And they're yeah. hard pan. So if you pan it all the way, there's no voice at all. And I would sing over that. Whoa. Yo, that's some movie stuff, man. That's yeah, cool. So that and Billy Idol, I, I remember doing the rebel yell when I was like, you know, 14 year old kid there. <laughs> and, and Bob Marley. That's sick. Okay. So we got Bob Dylan's first album mm -hmm. and then soft, we'll call it softer stuff. And then we have Billy Idol for the hard stuff. That's rock and roll, man. And Bob Marley was always on in the house and a lot of different reggae, uh, you know, whether it was Steel Pulse or Burning Spear or whatever, there was all kinds of reggae in the house as well. So that had a major influence on, on more of my phrasing, I would say. Yeah. Or like uh, when you can throw in something quick or like you can uh, let something last longer. Kind Absolutely. Of thing. Yeah. I've been listening to uh, a lot of Bob Marley this year, actually a lot. Like I don't, I didn't really listen to him other than the radio. Like I wasn't into him. Like my friends were in high school, but something about this year um, in gardening, like a lot of Sam cook, a lot of Bob Marley, 
a lot of like the old old classic stuff like i think i listened to elvis's uh falling in love with you or whatever the song's called you know the nice ballad one i think i listened yeah. to that like ridiculous amount this year it's funny I, I was listening to bob marley with frankie actually in the van the other day we, we yeah. had one day it was sunny we're driving through the uh uh like where were we i can't remember i think we're on our way to saskatoon or something like that it was super sunny right going through the ferries and you know we're eating edibles and stuff like this and listening to bob marley and uh one thing that's really interesting in bob marley's music compared to a lot of other reggae and modern reggae and stuff you can listen to a whole album and not hear one symbol whereas the hi-hats are really high in the mix but you're not hearing big crash cymbals. They're just more into the hi-hat and keeping that, that rhythm rolling forward. And then you might have percussion on the side stuff. That, but there's not that stuff. That, that's not on his albums. Or especially not on the earlier albums. Yeah. You know, I'm going to listen to like all of Bob Marley tomorrow work. You understand that now, right? Because I'm going to be like, no, he's definitely got to hit a cymbal. Dude, we listened to a whole album. There wasn't one cymbal on it. And I was like, it, it really works, actually. You know, just, and I think that was a big part of how they got that acoustic, even though it was an electric rhythm sound going with the percussion and the drums and the bass all together, but there wasn't that big punch thing. So it was just able to kind of float through the whole album, you know? Yeah. That's an interesting way of doing it too. I got to see, uh, actually speaking of, uh, cymbal hits and stuff. So we, uh, we just did a song for a friend of ours named Jay. He, uh, they, um, I played a band called Crywank, and uh, they used to live uh, right next to uh, Molly, our uh, trumpet player, and we became very good friends. He's a really, really, really funny dude, uh, person, and like it's oh man. So this song, I, I can't wait for it to come out because we did it in a way that we've never really done it before. Like with songs, like we've done ska songs, ska core, punk, acoustic, whatever, but this one was like straight, straight kind of ska. And it was cool because I saw Jackson come in and he does the drums and he's playing it like he's uh, just like a reggae like artist. I'm like, where uh, this is new. Like it kind of took me back. I was like, this is nice. Okay. I see it. Cause we always razz him after every show when uh, he'll play one of the opening bands. And uh, you know, he's, he's tight. Like he's crazy. And I was like, Whoa, you're man. He's a great dude. He's a great dude. He's a good dude. And then he gets up with us. He's like, what's up, fuckers? It's like, oh, there he is. He's like, thanks, man. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> you had to flick the switch, eh? He's <laughs> like, ah, oh, vacation time. What's up, everybody? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Speaking of uh, scenes and different, uh, you know, uh, things like that. I mean, Toronto's known, always been known for having a really strong and great punk rock scene, right? What, what's the scene look, uh, looking like these days? Are people doing a lot of shit or what's going on? Uh, yeah. A lot of stuff. Um, Curse Blessings was a probably a really big help for that because uh, they've been really uh, picking up a lot of people and supporting a lot of people, as well as a lot of like uh, fan, uh, bigger people as well with side projects and stuff. But in relation to the Toronto scene, I think uh, a lot of people are benefiting from Curse Blessings putting their stuff out. A lot more shows, a lot more festival kind of style stuff where it's like. Um, it was, I, I think I had to work, but I missed it or I was out of town or something, but there was a show at the brewery and it was nice. It was like one of the first outside kind of things. And a lot of people there, a lot of the old punkers from back in the eighties to a lot of like 
you know, people with their kids and stuff coming and it was beautiful. Like dragged in was there. All my trigger happy was there. Uh, so many bands. Um, I'm trying to think of all of them now. (laughs) (laughs) I had a, I had an after work weed drink, so I'm, uh, I'm pretty, pretty mellow right now. Is that Um, one of those CBD drinks? Oh, dude. No, I get the, please hold, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Show me what you got, man. Cause, uh, while he's running to go, you know, try to keep his pants on and all that, <laughs> while he's running to the fridge. But on the tour, we got like edibles and drinks and all kinds of stuff everywhere on this tour. And it was super fun, man. I've been into the CBD drinks a lot these days. Okay, which yeah. one did you get? Okay, so I generally, because, you know, I don't drink beer or nothing no more. So these are really like smoothed out the edges of uh, the day. So I go for the, I go for the houndstooth soda. Which is cool because it's it's only two milligrams. A lot of the times, these are the only ones that are on sale. So it's like, oh, okay. And then, like after work, instead of like drinking eight beers, you just have one of these. You're like, all right, like everything's cool. I remember shit now. It's pretty crazy, eh? Well, like sobriety. I mean, it's something I tried it before, you know, and um, (laughs) you know, but. But like you've been sober for quite a bit now. Oh yeah. Um, damn. Two years and a couple of weeks, I think. Holy shit. Yeah. No, but, um, October 22nd was two years. Basic math is not my strong suit. So how many days after that? Oh dude, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same team. All right. All right. <laughs> No, but, but, but that's wild. I mean, like, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I can't just, you know, let that slide by because that's huge. We're talking about over two years of, of sobriety for somebody that, you know, used to drink quite a bit. You know, I know I've been loaded with you before. Oh, well, a little bit, you know, it's not like I had a problem or anything. <laughs> but was there what, like, was there a reason or, or some kind of event or anything that, uh, you know, where you decided, okay, it's time? Um, what is the best answer I can give you? So I had already had a drinking, uh, a little bit of a drinking problem for quite a while. You know, it, it was, it was more of just a habit. I couldn't shake, you know, it was every emotion you can imagine. And it's like celebration or mourning. It goes with a drink, you know, to, Oh, this, that, but then, uh, in 2000, uh, 18, I lost somebody I loved very, very, very much, like very, very much. And, uh, instead of, you know, maybe taking a step back and kind of realizing what I should do, I just fell way harder into the bottle. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I kind of felt like a loser. There's, there's a lot more points where things stopped alcohol didn't make it fun. Drugs didn't make it fun anymore. It was just sad. And then, uh, I made a fool of myself way too many times. And I, there's so many, so much stuff I still can't really remember, which kind of alarms me. I remember once I, um, I was having a bad go. just an example. And my two friends, uh, let me crash on their couch. Like they were, they just like, Oh, we won't go out. Like, we'll we'll just have an inside night. Like, we'll just chill. You seem to be having a hard time. And I remember like having a backpack full of beer, and a 40 of whiskey. And then, you know, woke up the next day, beer cans everywhere, fucking some of their cans and shit out of their fridge are everywhere. A whole bottle of fucking whiskey gone. 
And I was like, you guys drank all my whiskey. And they were just like, I was all you buddy. You made me one drink and I had a sip and then you drank it after I was like, fuck my life. So <laughs> yeah. And I remember, okay. So the day that I quit, I, uh, I started up, um, by my house at a bar and I just slowly worked my way home. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it got dark and I just realized that I was kind of just talking to myself. Like it used to be when I was happy and I'd go drinking, you know, you sit there, you talk stories with people, um, strangers, they tell you about their day. You tell them about that. Oh, you got a story. Ah, I got another story. You know, you sit there, you have fun. When I, when I was just talking to myself at the end of it, I realized like you, you're either, either kill yourself or like, this is the decision you're going to make. Like, this is, you're going to keep doing this. You're eventually going to die a lot faster than you should, you know, but if you're going to make a decision, choose it, or maybe let's take a step back. You know, cause like once you get, once you reach the point of, uh, not caring if you, you are around anymore, not that you're wanting to do something, but if you just don't care, if you exist anymore, that's when anybody out there, even if they hear this, just like, just take a break. You don't have to stop. Like I did. You don't, that's another thing. That's a whole nother fucking, fucking thing of worms, man. You don't gotta just stop. Just take a step back, clear the head. and then make your own decisions go from there. Maybe you're a person that can have a couple of drinks, you know, once you beat the habit, me, I haven't taken that plunge yet. I got the weed drinks. They seem to be working. You know, everybody's got their own path on it. So that was another thing too, man. Like I, I went to, as my friend took me to an NA class cause I couldn't go to an A one. Like there were something didn't line up. So I was like, Oh, I'll yeah, they have this. really strict rules, right. With that, like which category do you fall into? Uh, yeah. Like she, uh, I suppose. Yeah. I, I didn't really go. I only went to two, went to AA, uh, NA one with uh, my friend. She was, uh, she was really, really supportive. She had quit drinking as well. And she and he says, gay. NA. We're, just to be clear, we're talking about narcotics uh, anonymous. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Correct. Um, and I was like, Oh, I thought we were going AA. It's like essentially the same thing. It's you just need to, I just want to get a taste of like what, what the is and et cetera. Go from there. I was like, cool. So I went and you know, um, you hear people talk you, and stuff like that. And I was like, there's a lot of love. There's a lot of love at these places. And I was like, okay, like that was, you know, you hear people's stories and you just like, you take it upon yourself. You're like, okay. Yeah. You know, they're that long of not doing something. I was like, I can do that too. And then I went to an AA one here in Toronto with another friend who would, you know, stop drinking. So it was nice. It was nice to see that, uh, not only that are strangers who are picking themselves back up, can go on and still live their lives. But, you know, I had friends who were also going through it. So they're like, Hey, let's go together. I was like, that's, that's fucking cool. You know, like it really is a community thing. Right. And it's really cool. Like, I mean, I I've taken breaks. I, I don't party all the time and especially not like I, I did back in the day or anything like that. I mean, I have my moments, don't get me wrong, you know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, they're fucking legendary, but, um, no, the, th <laughs> the thing is though, like, you know, you have to listen to yourself. Eh? That, like that's the best advice for anybody. I mean, there was one time this year about January, I was very upset and I knew that alcohol or any hard drugs would be a bad idea with how upset I was during that time. Mind you, weed has always been there for me, you know, and those drinks are fantastic. I love them. I wish I could honestly, dude, 
I love them so much. I wish I could just pass you this one and it just comes out your side. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And they're getting more and more popular too. Yes. Yes, they are. And anybody, if the government or anyone is listening, please let us walk out with six of these, not just five. It's weird. Walking out with a five pack. It's awkward. The alcohol- it's because they're, t- they're two milligrams, right? Yes, they are. So, it, so it five re- is 10. Same thing with edibles. You can't have more than 10 milligrams in edibles. And honestly, like I just eat the whole bag every time. Right. Because yeah, yeah, like it's crazy because like they're not strong enough. Like that's what they don't realize. They're just not strong enough. Correct. Oh yeah. Because, uh, I, I stopped buying gummies from uh, the store. Once I found the drinks, I was like, cause it was a drinker, right? Like I was like, Oh, this is, this is it. This is what I need. And then if you throw the non-alkies on top of it, you're like, yeah, all right, I get it. But the edibles, the store ones, I also agree. They weren't very strong. Like, yeah, like you... the, the other day I ate three bags of them. Bro. Okay. Maybe don't eat three bags. <laughs> no, but honestly, like it wasn't doing much. You know what I mean? It's like, it's one of the things that, and then you get the munchies and they taste good too. So you keep eating them, right? <laughs> I, oh dude. Have you, uh, have you figured out the system yet where it's, you have to eat the, the edible and then have something to eat, not the other way around. Well, I think I'll have to eat four bags and see if what that does, you know what I mean? Because like, I'm telling you, like at two milligrams a pop for somebody that smoked weed his whole life, you're, it's not going to do that much, you know? Well, I was even going to say, I was going to my next thing. I was like, dude, your tolerance is probably, probably like Jamaican. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. I, I will tell you one thing though, for, especially for people that have a hard time sleeping, the edibles, that's one thing, even if I'm not getting buzzed off them or not even much of a body buzz or anything, but when I do fall asleep, man, I sleep longer and heavier. Yeah. Um, the CBD drinks I found with that, I'm actually going to bring my dad, um, some, he is a sleep apnea and stuff. He doesn't sleep. So I, I finally asked him, I was like, Hey man, I was like, I'm seeing you in a couple of weeks. Can I bring you some CBD drinks? Like it seems to be working for mom. And he's like, you know what? I'll try them. I was like, yes, yes. Step forward. Yes, there we go. That's great. They got to get the prices. How much did that cost you? I'm really curious, actually. Uh, this one, uh, it was on sale. Um, so the Tweed ones, so the Houndstooth from Tweed and the Baker Street Ginger, um, they're, those are the two that always, always go on sale. So they're always in between, I think, uh, $2.95 to 4 or something. Okay, that's cheaper than I was thinking because I went to the SQDC, the Quebec uh, government version of this, right? The other day, and they're all like five or six bucks each. I mean, it was it was it was too expensive, you know. So, uh, what's the THC and CBD level though? Because I there's another one that I get called Sweet Justice, which literally tastes like Coca Cola, and it's three point five. Man, we should do this again. We both go to our shops there and get like six or seven of them there, and all the different ones, and then just go through them all. Hell yes. Next one. When are we doing it? When are we both dying down? I'm in, man. I have a bit of time in my hands. I just got back from tour and like we're recording and stuff, but we're, we're, we're taking our time because honestly, I want the next album to come out when I'm good and ready to do shows like really uh, hardcore again. You know I mean? Like this last tour, we only did what nine shows uh, starting Winnipeg to West. You know, normally we do 35, but it was so hard booking right now. Right. Are you guys, uh, okay. So what's your plan? What do you guys got? Are you guys going to go overseas? Are you going to go down south? Like, what are you doing? And I'm going to stick my finger up in the air and follow the wind. And I'm going to go everywhere, man. <laughs> Way of the road, bub. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I, I mean, like I can't tour enough. You know what I mean? Like uh, me personally, there's like, 
if I could just live on the road, I would, you know, <laughs> like no problem at all. You know, it, it definitely, it's, it takes, it takes a certain character to actually want to do that and actually get to do it and still do it. You know, where there's other people like, I've heard horror stories. People like, oh, I want to go on tour. Then they go on tour. It's like, I'm quitting. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's where you separate the, the dogs from the pups. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking a right. Like that's, I I'm stoked, man, because I know like ever since I met you, you always told me stories of like back in the day and always wanting to tour. And like, all you do is tour at that point. Like I forget what fucking year it was, but you guys <laughs> didn't stop. Like it was nuts. And like, yeah, I'm proud of you, man. Like fucking do it. As soon as you guys are ready, just go even in between. Like, man, I've never been prouder in my life. than I can actually say we're the first band since the pandemic that did coast to coast Canada. We're the first ones. We opened up five clubs along the way. That. Oh yeah, that's right. You were telling me at Bullfine. I remember you saying you were the, the first openings for some of those places, dude. That's dope. I was so proud of my boys that the label, Matt, Mike, and Laura, Alex, uh, everybody in the band. We we made it happen because we we're like sitting on the chair waiting for that fucking green light, man. I wanted to ride that bitch so hard. Yeah, no shit. Fuck. I didn't think. You know what? I I didn't think it was gonna happen. There was a good point where I was like one more year like is this maybe like fuck like speaking speaking of one thing i hate one thing i love hate fucking covid i love fucking pizza talk to me about you and pizza during the pandemic motherfucker (laughs) yeah i guess i got a little sidetracked there these things work (laughs) pizza all right well what's the saying it's like idle hands or something like that the devil's work or some shit I had no shows to play and I had no hammer or wall to fucking hit and get money. So I just sit like everybody else, man. And the retirement goal that me and my best friend, Frank have always had like for the past couple of years has been like, we're going to own a pizzeria. I was like, that's, that's what's going to happen. So, you know, those government checks weren't a lot of money, <laughs> so I couldn't put a down payment on shit. So I made my own out of my apartment. I started selling to my friends and then it was like, uh, you know, exclusively just through Instagram. I didn't want to do it on Facebook. I told people not to post on Facebook because some people were weird about it. They're like, where do you live? I was like, yeah, no, that's, that's not how you start that conversation. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, man. Not happening. So it was one of those things where it's like, if you've ordered from me before and I get a recommendation, sure. I'll come on out. I'll make you a pizza. Like there was a nice, it sounds week. like you're selling drugs. <laughs> I know, like, what the fuck? it's exclusive like no nothing like that it was like plus it was the pandemic like i was like i just want to talk to the people that i know are gonna stay in my bubble kind of thing and uh it was it was nice because at the same time you didn't really get to see too many people we had a system where i was like yo i'll leave the pizza on the step you just come get the pizza we'll talk from afar like we were very safe about it and it was it was such a good therapy and i got i got to make so many pies I got fat. Like, like I saw your pizzas look fucking amazing, by the way. And so next time I'm in Toronto, I'm kind of expecting one. Oh, okay. 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 Give me, please give me a heads up because real life has fucking taken all my goddamn time. Like I, I miss doing the pizza thing. Every single time I get like frustrated with work now, I'll come home. Like just make a pizza asshole. It's like, we were, we were peaceful before. Like, and it's like, no, I'm going to bed. I'm tired. So, 
Like how many pizzas were you delivering? Because like from what I could tell just from online and stuff, it looked like you were hustling. Man. <laughs> so I, uh, the most I ever made and cause you gotta remember, I don't, I have an oven in a rented apartment. Right. So I worked it out where I was like, okay, time slots. I'll just do time slots. You can come pick up your pizza. It'll give us like 15, 20 minutes to talk. And then it's like, okay, I gotta go. I got another pie. I uh, worked out a deal. So it was like bang for your buck. Um, when people like, there was a point where like, we were just doing tradesies. It was like, Oh, I made banana bread. I was like, come on over. I'll give you a pizza, <laughs> you know? But like the most I ever did in one day was 10 pizzas. And I remember like, Oh fuck. It was like 10 o'clock I was going. And then, then I said, I was like, okay, I'm only going to do X amount of pizzas a day. It was crazy. My hydro bill was fucked. Man, for so long. I'm sure. <laughs> what temperature did you cook your pizza? Okay. So anybody who's cooking pizza from home, I will not be like the big guys. I will tell you exactly what you got to do. Um, make sure you put your fucking pizza in hot. So it's got to be at least 500 to 550. Make sure it's preheated. Put it in for eight to 11 minutes. Check on it in between the eight to 11 mark. If it looks, it, you'll see on the crust and then take it out, turn it to broil and then broil that sucker for about almost a minute. Take it the fuck out. That's it. That's all you got to do. You'll have great pizza every time. Were, were you like a, you know, were people ordering variety in, or was it one pizza? Like how did, how did, how did it work? Like, because I thought it was so cool. Like, and also to, before you answer that, are you making your own dough as well? Yes. Everything, uh, everything was made from scratch. Everything from the, the sauce, the dough. The only thing I couldn't do was make my own sausage and make my own cheese. I was going to, I was going to make my own cheese, but I got busy again. So, um, so how it worked was I'd give you, it would change every week. Um, so I would put the topping list up. I would say what days are available. And then I, it got so good to the point like, cause the toppings would change, right? Cause it's like, some people would tell me what they wanted. I was like, okay, I'll make sure I buy that when I go to the grocery store. It also gave me something to do because if you remember, you had to wait in line to go to the fucking grocery store. Fuck. That's right. Yeah. 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 So there was me with all the old ladies, just like, like this. Waiting at like eight in the morning, be like, can we please go in now? Like, let's go. And yeast, yeast was a fucking hard thing to find, man. It was hor I had people mailing me yeast. It was fucked up, but it was so cool. But like uh with the pizza toppings and stuff, it got so like, okay, these are the standard toppings, and I'll throw a couple like random ones in there. And then it's like, yeah, just let me know what you want. They're like, Oh, am I only allowed to do this? I'm like, just let me know what you want on the pizza. It doesn't matter. Um, and then it got so much fun. And I got used to doing it. I was like, oh, I'll do specialty pizzas. Every other whatever, I'll be like, specialty pizza. We had like Philly cheesesteak. I had uh, pulled pork. Um, I had uh, a burger pizza the one time. I had pickles and stuff like that and like shredded uh, spinach and stuff. It was it was so much fun, man. And I, I really fucking miss it. I'm going to start doing pies again. Just talking about it. It's getting me stoked. Let's make some pizza. Open up your fucking pizza place, man. Open it up. I mean, you got to follow your passions. You find a way. I mean, you're, you're doing construction. Build the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm on the opposite. I'm on the... I could tear apart a pizzeria. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're on the demolition side of things, right? I am. I am. It's... Uh, you know, the nostalgia of being told, like, getting paid to work out wears off really quick after, like, eight to ten hours. You're like, fuck, I'm tired. Like, all the time. <laughs>
<laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. So, okay. The new album just came out today. Freedom yep. 45. Fucking amazing. Great job. And the next album out on Stomp Records comes out when? Uh, November 26th, I believe. What's the name of the album? Album is A Fine Line Between Real and Insane. Fucking, I feel that, man. I feel that. Any, any touring plans after that? Uh, so we got a couple shows. Um, we're doing the Curse Blessings Oshawa show in the Atria, uh, December 3rd. And then we're doing the Stomp show uh, at the Hard Luck with uh, Brutal Youth and the Creep Show. Um, after Amazing. That, we do have some stuff on the horizon that we're planning out. It's not confirmed yet. So I think uh, around Christmas time, we're all just going to get to see our families and chill and then open the floodgates. Let's go. That's the way, man. That's the way. Hey, listen, these days uh, when I end my podcast, uh, because you know we're all musicians and we like to share music and stuff like that. Can you name me five albums that everybody should listen to at least once and one that no one would expect that you would listen to if you're alone in a car type thing. Oh, damn, son. All right. Shit. Five albums. Uh, Green Day's Warning. Uh, da, 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 da. Offsprings, Americana. Uh, the Fratelli's, the first album. Pat the, oh, no, sorry. Johnny Hobo and the Freight Trains, the first album. Uh, split with Mantits. That's four. That's four albums. Uh, Choking Victim, No Gods, No Managers. And one album that's a One guilty pleasure. Like, you know, they'd say he would never listen to that and you're totally jamming out you're alone in a car. Oh, shit. Spice Girls. Rock the Spice Girls, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Bolton. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, what do you actually listen to? I was like, no, it's Spice Girls, man. It's my guilty pleasure. There you go. Brother, it's great to see your face and we will see each other soon enough. Everything's coming back and you know we're going to see your band, the Filthy Radicals up there with K-Man and the 45s. We're going to be doing shows together again. It's going to feel good, man. Love you, brother. Never change. Never change. You're a breath of fresh, fucking fresh air. I love you. All right, you take care of yourself. Peace out. Peace out. Oh, you still there.